Welcome everybody to Podcast the Week for this post-Christmas week. Hello, how are you doing? Did you have a nice Christmas? Do you celebrate Christmas? If you do, did you have a nice Christmas? If you don't, what did you do? Did you just sit at home? That must be sad. Or happy. I don't know. If you don't celebrate Christmas, who cares? Also, New Year's is coming up. I never do anything for New Year's because, meh, who cares about New Year's? Nonetheless. Today we're talking about video games, of which I've played lots. Actually, since since I've recorded this podcast, because fair warning, this, this podcast was actually recorded about two weeks ago, and I was like, well, when should I upload it? And I was, either this week or last week wasn't going to have a podcast. I initially intended it to be this week, so I was going to upload this last week. But then I was like, oh, it's so close to Christmas. Will anybody want to listen to this on like Christmas Eve? And I'm not sure. And I was going to wait till like, Stephen's Day, and then I was like, hey, it's still kind of close to Christmas, still people doing things with their family. So I said I, I'd, I'd leave it and leave it to be released on its regularly scheduled Thursday this week and leave there be no episode last week. Anyway, but yeah, since since I've recorded this, I finished Final Fantasy XV, which is a great game and I love it, and there are elements of it which I really do dislike, but I still love it. It's still my game of the year that hasn't changed. I've also finished Pokemon Sun, which is equally a phenomenal game. Played some of Picross Round 2, or Picross 3D Round 2, if you will. Also a great game. Played some of The Last Guardian. I, I shall hold my hot takes on The Last Guardian until I've played more of it, but... Should it not improve, those takes will be hot and fiery. But yeah, games. We're going to go deep, deep. Tanner's back, of course. Tanner is always on board to talk about games, even though it will be revealed as this podcast progresses. Might not have played a lot of them. So yeah, me me and Tanner are going to talk you through all of the the best game releases of 2016 and then talk about some of our very favourites, some of our favourite games. I wonder what they will be. I've already told you what mine is, so I kind of ruined the surprise. But you've already clicked play. I don't care how long you listen. Well, I do care how long you listen, but... I don't know how long you listen, that's what I'm saying. If you're listening to this on iTunes or SoundCloud, I can tell that you listened, but I cannot tell how long you listened for. Anywho, I've been rambling long enough. Here is me and Tanner talking about the best of video games in Welcome back to Podcast of Week. 2016 was a pretty, pretty dire year, I think, on, on all accounts. But you know what wasn't dire? Video games. Or, well, some of them weren't dire. There were bad video games in 2016, but not a lot of them. Well, there were probably a lot of bad video games in 2016. But we're not going to talk about the bad ones. Tanner is returning to Podcast of the Week. I say returning. This is his first appearance on Podcast of the Week. Tanner, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. This is my first appearance on Podcast a Week, which is weird considering, you know, I'm the executive producer associate. of the whole The Weekend Show network of podcasts. You are so. associate producer of Podcast a Week. That is a very narrow job title. Uh, you know, that can be debated, though. I'm sure it can. Tanner, Video Games 2016. Did you like video games in 2016? Uh, the video games I played, yes, I enjoyed very much. I would say this is probably one of the... I, I would say it doesn't hold... A, a candle as you will to like 2015 i thought 2015 was a very solid year for video games mm-hmm. like several deck like you know game of the decade or game of the generation candidates coming out last year i feel like there wasn't as many this year uh but i guess we'll talk about that so i figured the way we will do this we will go through system by system so we'll talk about 3ds wii u ps4 xbox one and then multi-platform games probably in that order and, you know, go through the highs and, well, mostly the highs. We might talk about lows if we can, but I like to keep things positive, Tanner. Yeah, well, Gare, I would consider me and you two of the most positive people maybe on the planet. Yeah, I, I hate negative lists. Yeah, like, what's the point? Why? Like, I didn't even like voting most overrated. I hate that as a, an award category, but sometimes you had to do it. Also, the the most dreadfully confusing <laughs> award category known to man. Oh, yeah, that so, and 
underrated because of Dave Meltzer's bizarre definitions of overrated yeah. and underrated. Yeah, it's it's something else. Like I didn't even vote for underrated. I'm like I don't even know what constitutes being underrated anymore because everybody has exposure. <laughs> well, the, the the category is really underpushed or overpushed. It should, yeah. That's if he just renamed it that, it would fix so many problems. And also, if he combined most outstanding with does flair, it would fix a lot of problems. Where people have to debate the difference. Yeah. So video games. Yes, video games. So we'll start with 3ds, which people don't talk about this, but I think 3ds had an under the radar great year this year. I I think you could say that with like every year the 3ds has been out. The 3ds has slowly built a library I, I told you this the other day that i would put on par with the gbas which like, a lot of people hold in very high regard i would but, without reservation refer to the 3ds as one of the greatest video game systems of all time i mean sure because like i'm like i can totally i can totally buy that as an argument because i mean i mean i'm like me and you are close to the same age the the gba was like our childhood pretty much hey i was an original game boy kid I'm that well, old. I, I also had an original Game Boy. I had like the big yellow, That's... the big yellow block Game Boy. But but with the with but with the GBA, you know, GBA had a great collection of games. But I really think the 3DS. I mean, multiple Pokemon's and then like Fire Emblem stuff like that has really just pushed it over the top. Animal Crossing, you know, greatest game ever. So this year, uh, kind of flew under the radar because of how brilliant Awakening is, but Fire Emblem Fates, which was three separate Fire Emblem games, was released. I thought it was interesting the way they did that, and I assume it sold well, I would think, for it being three games under one banner. So I guess the sales for it were pretty good. It it was confusing, because how was it it was the first two came out and then the third one was a dlc if i'm correct yeah they they originally released birthright and conquest which the the premise of the game is that it's two warring factions so yes the, the two games places you on one side of the the war and then you you play through the entire game then you can download the second side for a a cheaper price price and play through that. And then there is a third path, Revelations, which is you don't choose any side and you kind of go down the middle. Interesting. There was, but they did release a bundle at least. I believe it was both games together on one cartridge and it also came once it released because uh, Revelations came out a little bit after Birthright and Conquest, if I'm remembering why. Right. Yeah, it was a month or two. Yeah. So I think you also got that for free. It was like an $80 bundle, but yeah. you got all three of them together. I, I feel like that was the way to go. If it was you were that, gonna... that special edition that everyone wanted and nobody could get, which is a typical yeah. of a Nintendo product. Yeah, typical Nintendo product. Uh, oh, God, it's so frustrating. But uh, everybody I know that played the game absolutely loved it. I don't know if you played it, Garrett. I played all of Birthright, and then I'm about a quarter of the way through Conquest. Okay, so, you know, you played enough. More yeah, than me. I, I played a full version of it. <laughs> yeah. Which I is mean, only a played... third of the total story. Yeah, but, like, I mean, how long did it take you to get through Birthright? Like, 25, 30 hours. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, long-ass game. So, I think it's fair to say that uh, your opinion of the game would hold, because, I mean, you beat a whole part of it. So Or a whole part of it that was 30 hours long, I should specify. The, a full game. Yeah. It's it's not. Did, how much have you have you played? I haven't I haven't played any of it. Oh, you just skipped out on Fire Emblem. Because, have you played Awakening? Yeah, I played Awake. I loved Awakening because Awakening is like utterly phenomenal. Yeah, Awakening is a brilliant game, and it's not as good as Awakening, but it's still like it's a a finely polished 
Fire Emblem game. It's 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 a thing of beauty. Yeah. Well, so because Awakening, I would say, is like a, a ten out of ten game. Like, okay. I mean, it's a great, fantastic game. What what would that? What would Fates be on like the one to ten scale? It would be a nine. Like, it's still oh, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Just, so just just that step below Awakening. Yeah. Okay. Which is totally unfair to compare a game, you know, Fates to Awakening, because Awakening again is like. A cornerstone of the 3DS, I would say, in my opinion, and like a, a serious like, as far as portable games go, a definite like game of the generation contender. Like Awakening is like everything Fire Emblem is supposed to be. Yeah, you know the, everything they've been working on since they launched this franchise in what the, like the, the 90s. Or what was it? No, this, the original Fire Emblem was on the NES, wasn't it? Maybe I'm asking the wrong person. So late '80s, early '90s, everything like they mastered it in Awakening. That that game is yeah. is perfect. Which this is not a 2013 game. Game of the Year discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine us doing that? Like for, almost four years too late. Yeah, it's just like never mind Fire Emblem Fates, guys. Let's talk about Awakening. <laughs> Uh, it's so weird to think. Just going off on a tangent for a second, it's so hard to think that now we're you know next year's twenty seventeen. That's the last you know third of the decade. It's weird that for you know people that do like game of the decade or game of the generation, it's hard to think like you know it's time to almost start thinking about like well, what games would you put in that upper tier of gaming and things like that? It's it's really exciting because you know I'm in love with list making so. <laughs> What is the point of the world other than to make lists endlessly? Yeah, lists and spreadsheets are my life. So, so the the other kind of tentpole release in the 3DS calendar was, of course, Pokemon Sun and Moon. Oh well, I mean Garrett, I mean we're huge Pokemon fans. I like we did a hundred podcasts on po- Pokemon Go. Yep, I I think it's fair to say that. Uh, did you, you have Moon correct? I have Sun. Oh, you have Sun. I well, I have Moon, so that that's even better. Uh, I thought I thought you were more of a cool, level-headed guy, but apparently you go for the hot fire. Anyways, hey, I, I, just I, I, w- I went for Sun solely because the Rockruff evolution is a lot cooler in Sun. Mm, okay, I can see that. that, that I that's literally the only reason I chose Sun over Moon. I disagree. I think the the werewolf looks way cooler, but uh, werewolves werewolves aren't cool. Like 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 in like in Rock, his 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 Sun form is much better. That's an objective fact. Uh... I don't know, we may have to go to Twitter for this. But regardless, it almost pains me to say it because Pokemon Emerald, favorite, like one of my favorite games of all time, Pokemon Emerald. Just absolutely phenomenal in every way. I think Pokemon Moon might actually overtake it. Because I haven't I haven't actually finished it. I'm about I don't know, over halfway through. You well you've the you've uh defeated the sixth trial, I know. Yeah. Because that's mimic you. Which is that? That is a nasty. That's a nasty piece of work. That's definitely, I would say, the hardest trial. Just, it, just because the typing is so weird, and then you know their helper Pokemon's either a Haunter or a Gengar. So like the Haunter puts you to sleep, and the Gengar is a freaking Gengar. Yeah. So like you know, super high you know special defense whatever, but like it's a great game. It's just like it's it's. I thought when they were deviating from the Pokemon from the gyms, you know, the Pokemon thing, I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. I wanted to be excited, and you know, I was optimistic, obviously. Just playing the game and going through the game, and just like everything that happens in the game, like the evil team finally, or Team Skull is they're they're not 
like we want to end the world and rid the world of all pokemon like they're kind of like a happy-go-lucky evil team if that makes any sense i love them because they're just like giant dorks from the year 2001 yeah Yeah, they just dance i mean backstreet's back all right but it's so good like in a world without another game we'll get to and i'll mention it when we get to it pokemon moon is my game of the year easily still may be because it's just phenomenal and like nothing I think the real story of the year is just how much the world loves Pokemon. Because I, I said this on Twitter, like, Nintendo had a relatively quiet year. Yeah. Uh, as, as, you know, gearing up for the Switch. But, like, Pokemon Go was the biggest thing in the wor- world for, like, a month and a half. Like, the absolute biggest thing in the world. Like, the world stopped because we were all playing Pokemon Go, for better or for worse. And then, like, Pokemon Moon, like, the... Like, it's just connected everybody in such a cool way. But, like, with Pokemon Sun and Moon and Pokemon Go, it's just... I'm very excited to see what they do next. And, you know, rumors are true. We're getting the third iteration uh, of the game on the Switch. So, like, I don't know. It it could be huge. Pokemon Stars HD, fully-fledged main series Pokemon game on the Switch. It will be beautiful. And plus, the beautiful thing is, you're not sacrificing the portability that makes Pokemon so accessible. Because it's still there with the Switch, so <laughs> that that will sell systems. Oh, I, I mean, definite system seller for I think both of us here. Uh, you know, regardless of if we would buy it anyways, because it's a Nintendo product. But I think Pokemon Stars is a system seller for a, a lot of people. And we won't go deeper into 3DS, but like some other games that released on 3DS this year: Mega Man Legacy can, uh, the Collection, Bravely Second, Kirby Planet Robobot, Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix, Box Box Boy. Picross 3D Round 2, Dragon Quest 7, Sonic Boom Fire and Ice, Yokai Watch 2, Animal Crossing, New Leaf got a big update, and Super mm-hmm. Mario Maker. That's like, I mean, that's so many really good games. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a lot of really good games. Now, uh, I would like to mention with Super Mario Maker for a second. It's nerfed. Yeah, it's a bad version, but still. It's a terrible version of the game. Like, why you take out the component of Super Mario Maker that made it that game of the, you know, it was my personal game of the year last year. You take the sharing of the levels out, so you know what these shit. You're gonna make a few levels and play them by yourself. Yeah, so well, you, you can share them via Street Pass. So you, I, I kind of like the idea of randomly discovering Mario Maker levels outside. Yeah, I do too. But you, 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 I hate the idea that they took out the just uploading it to like a, a one big course world in the sky. Yeah, but like the the only the only way of discovering levels is to take your 3ds outside. That's a bit of a problem. Yeah, I mean and. I'm sure it will, that would be awesome at conventions, as having a 3DS usually is. Like, yeah. when I went to PAX East, I mean, it was just, I got, like, four or five, maybe 600 street passes in a single day, or whatever. Where you, I'm you, like, get, I, you get that many in about a year? Not even that. Yeah. It's like, I, yeah, I don't like, think I've gotten that many in the lifetime of my 3DS. Yeah, I haven't got probably 100 in the rest of the time I've had my 3DS, but I got, like, 600 the first day of PAX East, uh, and this was years ago. So I, I think taking out that feature kind of didn't help, but I, I mean, again, I'm sure it's going to be huge at conventions, but, like, I also assume Super Mario Maker isn't done, as I think they have to almost port it to the Switch. And there are rumblings they will. Yeah, there. I mean, there are rumblings. Pretty much, if you were a very good-selling Wii U game, you're going to get on the Switch, which I'm okay with. Even, like, apparently Xenoblade Chronicles is being ported, and that's not a very big-selling game. <laughs> yeah, so... But, like, you know, once you add the portability factor in, like, maybe more people will play it, like, on planes and stuff. Because, you know, 
in in the year 2016 will be 2017 in approximately two and a half weeks you know people travel a lot now it's not just like people jump in their car i mean you went cross country or not cross country you went across the ocean to another country this year yeah and like you know people are like traveling like i'm traveling more and like a lot of people are traveling more so like having that portability is a good thing so maybe playing like play, sitting down and playing a game like xenoblade for 60 hours seems kind of you know like a big challenge for people that don't necessarily have that much time because they're doing other things yeah if you're working but nine if you're to five and then you come home and yeah here put like 60 to 100 hours into this game that's pretty much all of your free time for a month good luck yeah yeah good luck and you can't do anything else no social life go but like with the portability like for people that are on subways and they have to travel an hour to work on like a subway or people that fly all the time for work that that you can play it which i mean again i don't know how much of a selling point that will be in the very end because you know just i mean video games are more popular than ever but they're still not a hugely popular medium i would i mean i'm I'm trying to phrase it in a way where it doesn't sound like i'm downgrading video games because no they're more popular than ever but you know a I don't think a random businessman is going to be like, oh, the Nintendo Switch, I'll grab one. Uh, so well, I don't know. In fairness, the, the reason Nintendo sold so many Wiis was they got that random businessman and that random go- uh, grandmother to go, oh, a Nintendo Wii, I'll grab one. So they might be able to do it again. Maybe. Like, maybe they can recapture the magic of the Wii with like the accessibility of it being portable. Yeah. And it just binds into like this you know, huge 100 million console selling thing which i think is what we all hope for because a world without nintendo is a dark world i don't want to live in people always write off nintendo though and like so long as they have mario and they have like pokemon which are legitimate cultural institutions Mm -hmm. it's not like xbox and forza horizon you know like pokemon pokemon has permeated culture in a way that few games in the history of video games ever has yeah, I mean, Pokemon's been around for 20... I mean, this year's the 20th anniversary of whatever. Like, that's my life. Like, Pokemon has literally been around since I've been born. Pokemon is as old as you are, Tanner. Yeah, uh... Well, you know, it doesn't... They can't drink till next year. Uh, I'm turned 21 <laughs> already. Hey, if you lived but, in this uh, part of the world, you would have been able to drink when you were 18. Well, yeah, I guess. You know, listen, Garrett, some of us aren't juvenile delinquents. I don't drink anyway, <laughs> Tanner, so... Ah. <laughs> I have made but, um, a, a conscious choice not to. I, is it because of CM Punk? Uh, no, and I resent anybody that this is just that. <laughs> God damn it! Oh man, I love the punker, but uh, you know, I'm excited for for what Nintendo can bring to the table next year. But you have to wonder: is this the last year we see a, a truly stacked 3DS lineup? Yes. I mean, I, it has to. I almost I, hope it is. Yeah, I mean, because you would hope. That, I mean, I yeah. I want to see Box Boy and Rhythm Heaven and Kirby and and Yokai Watch and Sonic and, and Animal Crossing. I want to see all of these systems in glorious high definition, full HD Animal Crossing, but also has the portability of Animal Crossing. Magic that made pure magic, that, Tanner. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm pretty sure I've already said this like three times during the podcast, but. Animal Crossing Wild World is like my is probably my favorite game of all time. Like bar none, like probably not even exaggerating near a thousand hours in Wild World. That's like a, it's a lot of time. 
ridiculous, like near 1,000 hours. Granted, it came out, you know, when I was in like middle school or maybe elementary school. I don't remember. But yeah, like 1,000 hours. It's like, what, 40 or 50 days? I haven't put 1,000 hours in any video game ever besides probably Wild World. And like having the, like an HD Animal Crossing come, the fact that we didn't get an HD Animal Crossing on the Wii U frustrates me to no hey, end. Hey, don't, don't you speak ill of Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival. <laughs> Garrett, when they showed that at E3 and then revealed that it was a board game, I screamed. I literally punched my computer. That was such a bait and switch as well. It's like, it ooh, you love Animal Crossing, and it's you in love HD. Animal Crossing. But Here's it's a board Amiibo. game. Oh, God. I I say that, I own the game. Granted, I only own the game because it came with two Amiibo. Actually, and it was I, like... I literally, I it just arrived in my house about a week ago. I got it for 10 euro, and I bought it entirely for the Isabel Amiibo and, and the Digby. The Digby one is cool. Yeah, I yeah I paid like $14 for it months ago after it just like, you know, pummeled or plummeted in price. It was great. I haven't played it at all. No, it's sitting but, on my shelf. There is one game that you skipped over that I actually have played. I don't know if you've played, or I played the demo of it, which is practically the full game. Pocket Card Jockey. I haven't played, and I've heard people say it's, like, a phenomenal game. Garrett, this game is fantastic. The demo allows for a lot, like, you can put hours into the demo, because it's the full game. Pretty much. Uh, up to a certain point. But you can put, like, three or four hours in the in the demo easily. It is such a fantastically well-made game that should not make any sense, but it totally does, and you love it. It's it's Pocket Card Jockey, I feel like, kind of fell off the radar after, like, the week it came out. Like, I feel like I got a lot of hype just because it was like, oh, you play cards and you're a jockey. That's fun and wacky. It's legitimately a great game. and uh, Made by Game Freak. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, guys, take a break from Pokemon and go make a horse racing solitaire game there. Yeah, and they're like, oh, okay, sure. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 very good, though. I would highly recommend, I think it's only like 7 bucks, maybe $10. Would highly recommend anybody that hasn't bought it to buy it. I, like, I feel like Nintendo are the only people making those kind of games. When you, when, I mean, when you look at, like, Box Box Boy and Picross and, and mm-hmm. Rhythm Heaven, like, these kind of weird, different, kind of puzzly or minigame-based games, no one else is making them. Yeah, and even looking at like WarioWare. I mean, yeah, nobody would ever make games. a WarioWare, but WarioWare is so good. And so, I, I, it's true. I mean, there are some games that kind of you know break barriers in some ways, but they're not they're not you know what people will consider. I mean, Game Freak made Pocket Card Jockey, also you know make Pokemon like the best game ever. So you know, so it's a weird thing. So yeah, that's the 3DS, and yeah, if you've slept on 3DS this year, they've released a bunch of really good games, go play them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a- absolutely. On to Wii U, which the Wii U has not had a great year. Well, I mean, kind of understandable though, because I mean, we know the Wii U's dead. I mean, production has literally ended on the Wii U. Yeah, the console, the system is, is gone forever. I've this... already given mine a Viking funeral. After I, I played my birthday Mario Maker level, I literally put it in a boat, set the boat on fire, set it out to sea. Did you enjoy your birthday Mario Maker level? It was. It was quite fun. That, like, I was going to make the mole section easier, but then I didn't. Because uh, I was a cruel, cruel that, human being. That was hard as shit. It took, it took me like 40 tries to beat it, I think. 
uh, at the moment, well, when I checked, five people had played it. There was only one clear, and that was yourself. And there was yeah. 87 lives lost. Uh, yeah, I had to be at least half of those. Yeah, you can if you go to the the YouTube channel on which you find podcasts today. There's a link in the description. Podcast a week, Gary. Yes, God damn it. See, but <laughs> if if you go to that YouTube channel, I uploaded the level. So yeah, go go. You can go watch it there. Yeah, Garrett will link you in this in the description of this podcast. Yes. So so this year on the Wii U, we had Twilight Princess HD, Pokken, Star Fox Zero, and Star Fox Guard, Paper Mario Color Splash, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Cross Fire Emblem, and Sonic and Mario at the, the Rio 2016 Olympic Games. Not a great lineup. <laughs> on a, not, and here's one well, actually, way I can actually, tell. I say that most of those games are good games. I mean, you you're a big uh, you're a big advocate for Paper Mario Color Splash. So why don't you start us off talking about what made Color Splash so great? Because it, it made me mad before this game came out, where people were yeah. like, "Oh, it's not it's not Thousand Year Door Two. I don't like it. I hate it. It shouldn't exist." And th- those people, those people can suck it. Because oh, God, <laughs> Paper Mario Color Splash is a really, really good game. It's it's a fun, colorful RPG, and it's it's literally one of the funniest games I've ever played. Like vi- video game developers don't make funny games, or at least games that are like outright. Let's make a comedy video game. And Nintendo are just like, let's take this Paper Mario thing, make it utterly beautiful, and then make it absolutely hilarious. Go. There, there are a lot of uh, very witty jokes in the game that you have uh, screenshotted and I've seen on Twitter that are just very, very good jokes. <laughs> like you wouldn't expect to see in a Paper Mario game. Yeah, some of them, some of them are pretty dark. It's like there, there's this Colosseum sequence where a bunch of enemies show up and, and attack Mario. And then Mario grabs a, a superstar, which makes him invincible. And then he mows them down. And then the, the, like a little message pops on the screen. It's like Mario uses performance-enhancing drugs to defeat his enemies. Oh my god! Yeah, and it's like so... war criminal Mario murders everybody. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's it's good stuff. Like from what I've seen, it's good. I've never really been a huge fan of Paper Mario. I've only ever and played I played the... Thousand Year Door. Yeah, I've only ever played the original N sixty four one as well. Oh, so you haven't even played Thousand Year Door? No, I played a little of Super Paper Mario as well. You see, Thousand Year Door is too expensive. It's like yeah, it's a lot of money now. It's like it's, what I think eighty eighty euro to get second hand at the stage. I think is... I sold it to GameStop for like twelve dollars a couple of years ago. Oh, terrible. I said a couple of years ago, like six or seven. I don't sell any games anymore. That game, <laughs> but that, that game is worth a lot of money now. Don't yeah, know, so. uh, GameCube games on the Switch—that's a thing apparently. Virtual console. Oh wait! Why did you just randomly scream that? Did somebody confirm it, or are you just saying it again? No, that's uh, did you not hear that rumor? No, I heard the rumor. I the way you said it, I thought you just saw that like on Nintendo's Twitter or something. I was about to be like, what? No, it's just like uh, I, yeah. I'm not going to pay eighty bucks for the thousand year door because it'll probably be released on the Switch. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, which is going to be awesome. But God, I feel like we've talked about the, the Switch a lot in a 2016 review of games. I feel like we've talked about the Switch a lot. Well, there's not much more to talk about Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> I played all of Twilight Princess HD. I didn't actually play Twilight Princess the first time. Twilight Princess HD, good game. I mean, I know for, I have friends that absolutely love Twilight Princess. Would argue with you that it's better than Wind Waker, which I think is ridiculous. That is patently untrue. Having played as somebody ones. that hasn't played Twilight Princess and has played Wind Waker, I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> you are an authority on the subject. Yeah, so I, I think I would have the right to know. But uh, no, I do have a lot of friends that really love Twilight Princess. So, I mean, I, it's cool to see it get an HD port. I thought it was a little out of, especially with the Switch coming next year. I'm like, why don't you just wait? 
Well, I think it, it's more this is kind of a, a low resource thing we can do on the Wii U so that we yeah. use something. Yeah, and plus it gives us an excuse to make a couple of amiibo and make, you know, some money. Yep. Pokken, cool game. I never played it, but like Pokemon fighting game by the creators of Tekken, cool idea. Yeah, yeah I, I've played, a, I don't own it, but I have played it. It uh, it's I mean it's a fun concept. Uh, it's definitely gotten a lot of hype. I mean, it was at freaking Evo this year. So, kudos to Nintendo for getting a game into Evo. <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel like it's found its little niche audience, and that that's something. <laughs> There's not that yeah. many fighting games out there. Yeah, I mean, I think every fighting game that that has a following outside of maybe Super Smash, just because of how big it is, character depth wise. I feel like every fighting game quarter has like its niche audience that they have to try to appeal to. And I think, you know, Makers of Tekken making a Tekken with Pokemon in it is pretty cool. Yeah. And then there's Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which I haven't played because I, I still don't know what the game is. I'll never I'll, I'll never know what the game is. Yeah, I'll I'll I remember when they first showed it because it, at first it was Shin Megami Tensei uh x fire emblem yeah well do you know why it's called tokyo mirage sessions tanner well that i now that i'm looking at it tms is smt backwards there you go so but mind blown tanner wow i i do know that this game got quite a bit of censorship in the west it's not censorship tanner (laughs) Uh, nintendo are localizing the game themselves without external pressures that's not censorship that's localization (laughs) Okay, well, they were that, localized. That me. People give out about it. It's like, oh, you're censoring games. It's like, no, they're not. They're doing this of their own volition. That's not censorship. Okay, well, they were localizing the game while making a few changes. They got rid of boobs. That's all they did. <laughs> People are very mad about no People boobs in the anime People get mad about getting rid of boobs. Well, <laughs> oh, man. It's like when yeah. Fire Emblem got rid of that creepy rub-the-face mechanic for the West because it's creepy. <laughs> Oh, that was weird. That that one was weird. And then they added it to Pokemon. <laughs> well, yeah, rub, rubbing in, uh, weird animals inappropriately is fine. They make weird yeah. faces if you rub them in the but wrong place. But a person? <laughs> oh, I found out, because I have an Electivire, if you touch its little antenna that it thundershocks out, it zaps your hand. Oh, uh, if you have Deli Bird and you touch its 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 uh, sack, it gets mad at you. Because <laughs> you're trying to steal its presence. No, I get it. Yeah. It's just the, the way. Because I said I'm if you very touch sack sure. and sack, it can be interpreted as something else. There is it. Is that it, Tanner? <laughs> Quite possibly it. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Star Fox was out as well, but that game was. It's pretty good. It's Did not it, great. Did you play? It? I played some of it. I haven't played all of it. Oh. Have you played it? No, not it, at all. It's solid. It's not great. I've never been a big Star Fox guy to begin with. I did enjoy the one on, I believe, GameCube that had a four-player mode, Adventures. multiplayer mode. Yeah, I like that one because I was al- I always played a Slippy in multiplayer. Yeah. Which is the frog. I believe it's Slippy. Slippy Toad. Yeah, love me some Slippy. He's good. Is he a Toad? Uh, probably. I think his name is Slippy Toad, isn't it? I thought it was Slippy Frog. I don't know. Well, he's not a Toad in the Mario sense. He's not a Mushroom. Well, that's true, so. Hmm. <laughs> Princess Slippy. I, I'd, I'd be into a game where, where Mario has to rescue Princess Slippy. After, could you, somebody, everybody listening, draw me Slippy from Star Fox and Princess Peach cosplay. Go. I, I'm sure there's, that, that probably exists. The internet's a strange place. <laughs> I'm sure it is, but it's probably like, like some gross, like, Rule 34 shit or something. 
yeah. So Wii U, it it the, the games they released are are pretty good. There's just yeah, there's six of them. Solid. Yeah. I mean, the Wii U is literally dead in the water. Hey, uh, the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild is still coming to Wii U. No one will buy it on Wii U, but it's still coming to Wii U. I mean, even if I don't get a Switch on day one, which I'm a little hesitant of Breath of the Wild coming out day one with the Switch, regardless. Well, it's not. Well, I, I'm I'm not going to buy it for Wii U. Why would I? It's the inferior version. Do you think it'll even get a physical release on Wii U? Because I think it won't. Oh, I absolutely think it will because it's Nintendo. But any other console or any other maker or platform, I would say no. But with Nintendo, absolutely it does. All right. So on to PS4 exclusives, of which the main four were Uncharted 4, The Last Guardian, Ratchet and Clank, and No Man's Sky. <sighs> uh, inter- inter- like Uncharted 4 is not as good as Uncharted 2, which is one of the greatest games of all time. It's sure. about on par with Uncharted 3. It's a really, really good game. Yeah, I mean, it's Uncharted. It's Naughty Dog. It's probably going to be good. Now, is it as bad as The Last of Us, though? Because if it's bad like Last of Us, I have my reservations. I I played an hour of The Last of Us. I couldn't tell you. Wait, have uh, you not played Uncharted 4? I haven't. What have you been doing this year? Garrett, some of us are in college. Well, I work. Doing college and, things. And I, I hosted a daily podcast for most of this year. I, hey, I still think you should bring it back for 2017. Sure. Podcast so, today, coming back. Did you play any of these four games? I did. Which one? Guess which one? Ratchet and Clank? No, it was definitely No Man's Sky is the one I played. You've actually, okay. I haven't, I bought No Man's Sky literally the other day and didn't play it. <laughs> but well, did you like No Man's Sky? I played probably, I would say 12 hours into No Man's Sky That's in about a whack. Yeah, in about a four-day period, the four days it came out and after. While everyone was very mad about it. Yeah, uh, and I mean, it was an enjoyable game, but like, really after those 12 hours, and really, some would argue before those 12 hours, uh, not a whole lot to do. That that seems to be like the consensus. It's like, the idea of this game is cool, it's cool Mm -hmm. to go to a few planets. Very cool concept, but very bad execution and also hello games disappearing off the face of the planet after it came out didn't help i i don't know like what was their alternative um saying that their game was bad is that is that the solution though in in fairness to them i think they were busy trying to fix it i mean we'll we'll see i mean i think they're adding an update or it's already had an update that added something they added um bases you can make a base yeah but like they added if they added it, it was like last week. Yep, that, uh, the that game came out last week, literally. Game came out in August. Uh, yes, I believe September. Started September. September. I don't know. Yeah, one of those. I feel like it's a little too little, too late. Like, like if we're we're moving on to 2017, baby, it's the year finally that Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 HD Remix Final Cut are coming to PlayStation. Don't forget about 2.8. Well, I'll buy 2.8 after I get a replay through all the real ones first. Well, 1.5 and 2.5 are out on PS3 and Xbox 360. Why don't you just get them on that? They're not out on 360. Did they not release them on 360? Mm-mm. And I don't have a PS3. Oh, fair enough. So, I've, I've, I literally haven't played... The last one I played was... Or the last main of the you know Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2. I played Kingdom Hearts 2 like eight years ago. Uh, well, yeah, and that's because it came out like eight years ago, but... <laughs> no, it came out like ten years ago. Yeah, it was, out, it was out in 2006, but still. <laughs> I mean, I played it a ton, 
but like I haven't played it since like 2008, and it's like my favorite, my favorite game ever. <laughs> Next to Animal Crossing, Wild World. Next to a... Animal Crossing and Pokemon Emerald and anything else, I'll probably say at the end of the podcast. Yeah. So No Man's Sky. I I, I do take. I have a problem with people saying they lied because I don't think they. They did. definitely didn't lie per se. I think everything they said was going to be in the game. They fully intended to be in the game, but then they hit a stage where they had to release it. And they couldn't finish it. And I think uh, they, they should have been more honest about that in the lead up yeah. to the game. I, that's a perfectly fair criticism. But I think to say they lied is... Like, I, I don't want to pile on them. These people tried their best to create something they thought would be phenomenal and couldn't quite get it in time to release it. And hopefully hopefully this will be a Minecraft kind of game, you know, where it's it's relatively limited at launch and then it becomes this huge thing by the end. I hope they continue to support it like that. But, yeah. I mean, it'd be cool, but, I mean, I just kind of look what Bungie's done with Destiny. I mean, I love Destiny at launch, but they've kind of lost they kind of lost me after launch, but they've released like several of these expansions and they do these special events and stuff like that. And like a lot of people really like Destiny now. So yeah, they they turned that game around. Yeah, they did. I mean, granted, Destiny 2 probably coming out next year. But... Electric Boogaloo. Oh, they should be. All all number 2 should be called Electric Boogaloo. I uh, yeah. I mean, the, I can't believe the only game that has Electric Boogaloo in it is Mario Party 2. <laughs> uh, Ratchet and Clank, really good game. I mean, I played the original. Well, that's basically the same thing, except not so. as pretty looking. So, but I, I feel like people don't make those kind of games anymore, except like Nintendo do. Nintendo make like uh, 3D platformers still, but no one else does. Yeah, but so. yeah, I assume Ratchet and Clank was a very nice like change of pace from your usual like Sony big games like you know uncharted 4 yeah and pe- people don't make level-based games enough anymore i'm sick of open world games but gta 5 is pretty good well yeah some of them are good but then it's just like <laughs> every single game has this giant open world where you have to do all these side quests and it takes 60 hours sometimes i just want a, a nice game where you can play it in 15 hours and it's all these like condensed well thought out levels and uh, you know it's nice and satisfying it's not like you have to roam around for for half of the game just to to actually play it yeah i I totally agree like i'm like i would much rather pay pay like 40 dollars for a game that's 12 and i believe ratchet and clank was 40 dollars yep for like a 12 to 15 hour game as opposed to paying playing or paying 60 hours or 60 dollars for a game that's 60 hours but like 40 of them were just like driving around a city yeah ugh and a game that had uh, an unreasonable amount of hype going in, and it's been out for a week, and I've heard nobody talking about it. The Last Guardian. Have you it, ha- have you been hearing people talk about this game? Uh, I, Garrett, as you know, I'm quite connected. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, I saw Easy Allies, which were the guys that used to do game trailers. They they put out their game of the year stuff, and uh, several of them had The Last Guardian as their game of the year. Okay. Uh, which I found interesting, and the reviews for it were very – they varied a lot. Like, you had nines, and then you had, like, some sixes and sevens. Consensus seemed broken mess, phenomenal storytelling. See, yeah, I mean, the frame rate dipping down into single digits is a, is a deal breaker for me. Like, I get that it's Team, you know, team Ico, and they always – like, their games always don't really have that good – you know, uh, frame rate. But, like, you've been working on this game for 10 years. If you can't get me a stable frame rate, 
that's ridiculous. Like, I heard the only way you can get a consistent 30 frames, and, like, I'm not a big frame rate guy, but 6 frames per second is unplayable. Yeah, I'm not one of these people who need 60. If your game runs consistently at 30 frames per second, I don't really care. Yeah, I'm the same way, and I and I read and I heard the only way you can get a consistent 30 frames per second is if you're playing on the PS4 Pro at 1080p. Because it will not run well at 4K, and it apparently doesn't run well on the old PS4s. Which are what most people have, and what yeah. most people will continue to have until the end of this console cycle. Yeah, so... Don't forget, <laughs> Pokemon had some of those issues as well? Actually, did you play Pokemon on a new or old 3DS? Uh, an old 3DS, and during Double Battles there were some stutters, but, like... Pokemon kind of works from the fact that it's turn-based. Yeah, so, like, it's never really fast-paced to begin with. Yeah, it's not fast-paced. So, like, if it has a stutter during, like, a hyper beam in a double battle or during one of those, like, 1v, you know, two or three battles or whatever, I'm fine with it because yeah, it, it only never, lasted, like, a second. And you're never going to be punished in a Pokemon game for a frame rate yeah. stutter? Yeah, you're never punished in a Pokemon game for frame rate stutter because, again, it's turn-based, so it doesn't really matter. But in Last Guardian, like... It could kind of ruin like a level, like or could make a level literally unplayable unless you get extremely lucky. So, so you're you're a, you're an Xbox guy, aren't you? I, I have an Xbox. Uh, okay, the the four the four begins this year were Forza Horizon Three, Gears of War Four, Recore, and Quantum Break. How many of those have you played? I've played one of those, and okay. I don't own any of them. Right, and what have you been doing with your Xbox this year then? Overwatch mainly. Overwatch oh, and uh, and Naruto Ultimate Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm Four. Fair enough. <laughs> Which is a great game, by the way. Oh, uh, no. They're releasing a story uh, story add on for it next month. Actually, they're re releasing the game, I believe, with the story add on for cheaper for like forty bucks. That's neat. Yeah. So, and, or if you already own the game, you can buy the story stuff standalone. Hmm. So I, I gather Forza Horizon is phenomenal. Yeah, everybody I hear that talks about Forza is like, this game is a great genre-defying game. Which I'm like, cool. Is it Mario Kart, though? Probably not. Because here's the two racing games I've enjoyed from this generation. Mario Kart 8 and Grand Theft Auto 5. Grand Theft Auto, well, yeah. <laughs> I, well, mean, that's I, I was going to say, like, their, 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 their car mechanics aren't always the best in GTA games, but the 5s are pretty good. Five is pretty good, and Fives is fun enough and has done enough different things with theirs that even if the driving's not spot on, I still really like it. Plus, their their track creation tools are neat. Yeah. No, they definitely are. Uh, Gears of War 4, which I've never played a Gears game. I'm not an Xbox guy. It, Gears of War 4 was the game I played. Uh, granted, I only tried multiplayer, so I haven't played any of the single player. I I liked Gears of War 2, because I, ha- I had Gears 2 on the 360, uh, it was always like my Saturday morning game, you know, once they killed cartoons, and I was like 14, so I was like, I need to stop watching cartoons. Little did I know, at 21, I'd be watching more cartoons than ever. Yeah, I hate that oh. when you're like, when you're younger, and it's like, oh, you gotta grow up and stop watching stuff you like, and then when you get reach yeah. your like 18, it's like, wait, why don't I just continue to <laughs> watch stuff I, I like? Why would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> like, why would I do that? That's why I didn't play, uh, I didn't play Platinum or Black 2 or White 2, uh, a Pokemon because you thought like oh I'm an adult now I don't I, I can't yeah. play Pokemon it's like yeah I can't why play not? that and but at the same time wrestling fan the whole time <laughs> but uh, um no Gear, Gears was fun I mean from the multiplayer I played I I didn't get the sense that I was really much different than 
any of the other Gears games. So if it wasn't much different than the other Gears, I get the impression that it was just a fun Gears game. It it just doesn't feel like these Xbox franchises have much punch anymore, does it? I mean, outside of Halo, and then you could even argue with Halo since it's not even Bungie anymore. Because, Garrett, I don't know if you know this, Halo 3, one of my favorite games ever. <laughs> there, this, but, is, this is a, a long list at this stage. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but like Halo Three is such a great game. Halo Five, g- good multiplayer is fun, but like it, it doesn't have the same magic that Halo Three had. Yeah, and uh, the, we wasn't even talking about Halo. I just went on a Halo tangent. But I like I feel like maybe only Halo can have that punch anymore, and the Xbox doesn't really have anything to offer from the table aside from hey, if your friends are multiplat, or or if your friends are. If you want to play multiplat games, play them on our console because they're good. Yeah. Which uh, I, I've had done this year. I've bought multi-platform games for my Xbox mainly because my Xbox has a terabyte hard drive. PlayStation Four only five hundred gigs. You see, I, I talked about why I don't worry about Nintendo at all because of the strength of their intellectual property. Uh huh. I worry yeah. about Xbox in the next generation. Oh, uh, because like PS, think... PS4 has undeniably already won this generation. Oh yeah, easily. And like well, Sony, Sony has a much, much better first-party uh, publishing arm compared I, to Microsoft. I absolutely agree. I think so. Let me let me ask you this before we move into uh, the multi-platform games, or we can talk about Recore if you want. But <laughs> neither yeah. of us played it. Yeah. Heard it wasn't good. Apparently, cool ideas, crappy loading times. That's yeah, apparently the, well, the summation of Recore. Yeah, that's Recore. Um. I saw this thread the other day. Do you consider the Switch the start of a new generation or the continuation of this current generation? Based on technical definitions, start of a new one. The Wii U was part of the current generation of consoles. Why? I would agree with you, but with PlayStation releasing essentially PS4.5 this year and Xbox essentially doing the same thing with the one next year, do you think that the Switch is not just a continuation of the Wii U. I mean, there's still some of the same ideas there. Like, a controller... Well, it's basically the Wii U done well. But yeah, so, like... I, I consider not... the, the PS Pro and the Scorpio the equivalent of the new Nintendo 3DS. No no one's saying the new Nintendo 3DS is the start of a new handheld, because that's cycle. It's not. It's just a, a power upgrade. Hmm. And you, In fact, you could make the argument that aren't all new console generations a power upgrade? That's basically all they are. Yeah, so uh, are we really just Gen 1 still? <laughs> yeah, ba- basically. We're, we're still back in the NES. Oh, man. Though e- even wild. then, like, the, the, at least we're moving from graphical styles. But, you know, video game consoles in 20 years, I don't imagine are going to look dramatically different to the ones we have now. I, see, that's what I always think. I'm like, I see a game, like, take Last Guardian, beautiful game. Uh, or, uh, like, GTA, which I still think is probably the best looking game on any of the of this generation which is hilarious considering it came out last gen yeah uh i just don't see how video games can look much better than that i i don't think technically they can like i mean at, at that point you're playing movies like literal movies you're playing real people hey we didn't talk about quantum break that's basically what quantum break is yeah i guess <laughs> games I guess built around right. 20 minute live action cutscenes. yeah so i mean it, it's just one one of those things I I think about because per, personally, I, I see what gen are we in? Gen like seven? gen seven? Yeah, I think we're in seven. I, yeah, gen seven sounds right. I see the switch a part of gen seven solely for the reason that I think gen seven is kind of like 
the last guardian of generations if you will um and like we're really not going to get like full on consoles any like the PlayStation 4 or Sony wants PS4 to have a 10 year life cycle that's totally possible but that's we're in gen no. 8 by the way sorry oh gen 8 okay um, well we both thought we were in gen 7 gen 8 um just continuing on because i mean if you want the PS4 and the Xbox One to have 10 year life cycles that's 2023 because they both come out in 2013. Well, systems generally have about a six-year life cycle. Uh, yeah, so but like if you want to stretch that out a whole decade or even longer, and the way they're doing that by providing stronger, more powerful upgrades to these consoles, I mean, maybe that's all we get now. It's just powerful, more versions of the Xbox One and PS4. Like, sure, like, I, I mean, this is a stupid argument because I mean, of course, the PS PlayStation Five theoretically is just a stronger PlayStation Four, but. I, I just consider it all the same generation, so like I don't even remember the original argument we were making. But we were I arguing feel like, whether or not the Switch would be Gen eight or Gen nine. Oh yeah, but the other thing we I was bringing around is that Xbox is kind of doing like a, their own little thing, like they're connecting uh, their games to PC, like doing the whole Windows ten, like playable on Windows ten, and the Scorpio seems like a computer the way they've described it. And, and like so, I, I think most consoles are basically computers now. Oh yeah, I mean I would say so. They're they're basically designed to be PCs. That's that's primary focus is playing games. Yeah, I mean once we got, I think the first thing ever that really made me go like, oh, these consoles are getting crazy powerful was when sixty four player multiplayer came to Battlefield that's on consoles. Yeah, I mean sixty four player. That's a lot of people. I mean, hey, Runbo had what was it like nine player? multiplayer local co-op maybe i think i think it was nine it was eight or nine which is you know nine people playing a game next to each other on a couch is quite impressive yeah so uh, it's definitely something to think about like maybe like of course microsoft and sony and i mean are going to be competing for the market i think nintendo's kind of their own separate entity in the market and i think the switch is its own it kind of recognizes that it's it's not here's something that matches yeah Sony and Microsoft punch for punch. It's here's something that's different. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which is but, also part of the reason I, I'd I'd make a case for it, that it's a new generation. You know, it's not just a here's that, a powerful yeah. PC. Yeah, that, yeah, and that's totally a fair and valid argument. But I feel like Microsoft is leaning towards more of like the the PC guys. It's like, hey, this this Xbox game also playable on your computer, and like, and that's how they're going to get some of the market. Is like, hey, if you have a computer that has windows 10 on it you can play like gears or halo on it so i think that's going to be a big thing for but microsoft going forward do you think that appeals to a lot of people though like like the the personal computer the home computer is in serious decline like, like would... we're, we're all on tablets these days i i say this as someone sitting in front of a pc right now who's recording this yeah. podcast. but yeah. the, i'm in the minority i prefer pcs most people don't most people have either laptops or more and more moving to like 100 percent mobile uh, i mean i i agree but i mean your laptop can run windows 10 too and there's you know stupid powerful laptops now uh, granted they cost a ton of money they cost about as much money as building a computer um but i mean there's a ton there's a market on pc granted it's a small market but it's still a market and market or money and if anybody spends i one could argue that the average pc player pays more than your average console player just because of all like add-ons and stuff on pc like and, skins and hats yeah and uh, just the the kind of 
the entry-level cost for a good gaming PC is so high that you'd assume that market yeah. is probably better off than the average console player. Yeah. So I think Xbox or Microsoft going forward is kind of vying for that market. Uh, and like It's kind of weird because you have Nintendo doing handheld. I mean, also the home console, but, you know, portability with the Switch. Xbox kind of going for your PC fan base and, you know, also having a console – and, and PlayStation is kind of like like you. We're not changing because we're rich and loaded, and we're winning. So we're just going to stick with console. Well, in, fa- in fairness, the messaging for the PS4 for like the the whole lifetime of the system has been games. Yeah, like the whole time it's just like here's a great system that you can play great video games on. Yeah, I mean, look like uh, is corny as all hell, but their like little build the list segment they do during their conferences like speaks a lot like they listen to the community i mean they're essentially paying for shinmu 3 to be made yeah uh and like things like that and like they're showcasing games that xbox doesn't really showcase like nobody would know kingdom hearts 3 is also coming to xbox but it is i would hazard a guess that the the vast majority of people who bought final fantasy 15 bought it on the ps4 I would also wager that guess. Now, I'm playing it on Xbox, just because I have more room on my Xbox. Uh, and I'm sure there's not really that big of a difference between the two. I'm sure there's probably no difference between the two. People will but imagine like, a difference, but it's not there. Yeah. The people are like, I can tell the difference between 1080p and 900p. No the hell you can't. Average human I can't. You're stupid. Shut up. <laughs> like, I can't, like, Garrett, me and you have pretty good eyes, for technology and you know we're, we're hip and young like the cool kids i'd like to think um, so yeah i can't tell the difference between 720 and, and 1080 no I, at all like you, like you, like window on, on windows 10 you can do that split screen thing you can put them both in front of you and it's like it looks the same <laughs> yeah it looks the same like people when people were talking about the switch they're like well if that screen is not 1080p then it's no buys are you stupid it's also like, not, not going to be, by the way. It's not going to be 1080p, but definitely not. If it is, I would be baffled. And if what, it is, uh, you're sacrificing battery time for it. And like, so I, I, why would you want it to be? The, the The Wii U gamepad runs at 480, doesn't it? I don't even know. It looks great. Whatever. Yeah, it's in, it runs it's in the that. 400s, whatever. Yeah, it looks great. Stop yeah. being a so nerd. Like, so, like, I, I mean, I assume the screen is going to play in HD in 720. It'll be 720, guaranteed. Uh, but, like... That's awesome. Like that we live in a time where a video game essentially a controller, because when you're not walking around with it, it's a controller. It's the gamepad, just a better version of the gamepad. With an HD screen on it, that's mind boggling. I lived in a world at one point, and you did as well, where the N sixty four controller had a third prong. Like it, it was the stupidest controller ever, but everybody loves the N64 controller because it reminds them of their childhood. It's the and worst. Like, it's it's the actual worst. Like it's actually a stupid controller. It's so stupid. I would even and like people are like, oh man, I can finally use the GameCube controller on my uh, for Smash Brothers. GameCube controller, not that good of a GameCube. You know, not that good of a controller. I mean, uh, it's barely. You know, it doesn't hold the candle to like. The Xbox One controller, which I think is arguably the most comfortable controller ever. I hate it. Really? It's a clunky, heavy mess. I don't like I'm the ho- Xbox controllers. I'm holding one right now, and it's just so... It's so comfortable to me. Uh, Maybe because like, I, I play... I've never PC. been an Xbox guy, so I've, I've never yeah. played like for long play sessions with an Xbox controller. But it's like, anytime I do use one, it's like, ah, oh, it's so heavy and weird. 
I, I can see that, especially because, I mean, you're mostly a Sony guy, if you play, or Nintendo guy. Uh, so, like, I can see definitely going from the gamepad or a DualShock 4 to an Xbox One controller would be like a, whoa, this thing is a thousand pounds. It's and so, it's so, it's big so heavy. Hand. I don't like yeah. it. <laughs> uh, I, I can definitely see the argument for that. But, no, like, it, it's so weird, like, things that, especially, I mean, I feel like it's probably people our age, maybe people that are older, but, like, they complain about the stupidest shit. And this only applies to video games in this particular instance. Uh, but it's about all of it, really. They just go on and on and complain about, like, Ed t- technically I'm complaining about complainers right now, but whatever, who cares. And it's just like, appreciate what you have in front of you. Like, this is the future. You're literally living in the most advanced world ever, right now. I like It's not like you're saying, accept crap. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not saying, like, well, if it was 240p, you should be appreciative. No, like, it's an HD screen. Like, we're not even, like, the TVs haven't even been HD for that long. Yep. Uh, that was my old man rant of the day. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, damn kids! Anyway, I, I think I've held you back from it long enough for 55 minutes. Tanner, talk about Overwatch. Oh my god, Garrett. What what can I not say about Overwatch? I think phenomenal game. Um uh it helps that I'm quite good at it. <laughs> but it's just it's just everything I want in a multiplayer. It it recaptures that magic I had with like Halo 3 and like uh Black Ops 1 and stuff like that, but it's it reminds better me of than Splatoon all of when I played it. It does. It, it also has the spl- with the vibrant colors and stuff like that. It reminds me of like all my favorite nostalgic multiplayer memories and combines it into one package. And plus you have like the blizzard magic on it, if you will, uh, of just like the wittiness and it has the budget and it has the player base. And like people aren't falling. Like if anything, Overwatch has been out for seven months now. More players are just coming to Overwatch. Like it's here. Like Overwatch is here to stay for a long time. Like it's, it's, Essentially, this generation's TF2, I think, would be a fair way to compare it. And just it, – it captures – it does all the right things so well, as most Blizzard games do. And it's just a phenomenal piece of, of video gaming. And I, I honestly think with uh, the Overwatch Competitive League they're starting next year, I honestly think it could become uh, – I think that could be huge if done correctly, which – Judging by the stuff they did at BlizzCon, I think they absolutely will handle it correctly. Uh, as, you know, similar to things like Dota 2 or League of Legends, even though this is a wholly different genre. Blizzard generally make games and support those games for a pretty long period of time. But no, Overwatch is just such uh, a great game. I absolutely adore it. I, like, it's the only game really ever that I've come back to months and months and months after. Like, I... Like, I didn't play it yesterday, and I was like, well, that was weird. I didn't play Overwatch yesterday. Like, I just felt weird. You're, in, you're in too deep now, Tanner. Yeah, I guess, I guess I am. Which, I mean, with school and stuff, I don't I, – like, I, I would usually play, like, twice a week. But then I played three days in a row because uh, I'm on break, and then I didn't play yesterday. I'm like, that was weird. I didn't play Overwatch yesterday, wasn't it? And I'll probably play Overwatch today at some point. Uh, and I'm also – uh, I own it on Xbox One right now. I'm buying. I literally have my copy for the PlayStation Four on its way to my house. 
uh, right now to so I can just like play with friends and like the and play with a bigger user base because I think it's that Microsoft or Xbox One definitely has a smaller user base for Overwatch than Sony, and then both definitely have a smaller user base than the PC, which is fair because it's been on a PC for a thousand years. But it's just such a great piece of video gaming. My game of the year, easily, I think. Uh, even even with Pokemon and other games, like I think Overwatch has to take the throne for me because I haven't put that much time in a game in uh, a very long time. And and like I'm usually not competitive with games. I don't really try to do the whole competitive scene that often. I, I like I dabbled with it a little with Smash, but like competitive Overwatch is like a ride. My God, like it is, like. When you win, it's just like a, a exhilarating. Like it's cr- crazy how uh, j- how fun it is. And I'm quite good at Overwatch. I'm usually not good at get, you know FPSs or whatever you want to call it, Overwatch. I like the way you say I'm usually not good at games, but then you checked yourself. Well, I'm I'm usually not that good at games if we're being completely honest. Um, but I'm like I'm quite good at Overwatch, and, and maybe it's just like one of those things where maybe everybody's good at Overwatch. And I and I'm just there, but like the other day, I went forty and one as Diva, who's my main, obviously. Like I've never done anything close to that impressive in any game ever. Even like on and, the law of averages, based on the team you get, you shouldn't win forty and one. Yeah, I mean, I went forty and one, and then the game before, I went fifteen and zero, and then the game after, I went forty and one. I went like eight and three, which isn't you know entirely impressive and competitive, but I'm like. This is awesome. And then, like, each character, like, you can play Overwatch. I don't know how exactly how many characters there are. I want to say 26, maybe, or something to that effect. It's probably lower than that. But you can, however many characters there are, is how many different ways you can play the game. And then each character has a different way you can play them. So, like, like I play, like, an offensive diva, which is, some would say, not the best strategy, but that's what I do. Like, diva's you know, supposed to be used for defense mostly or support, and I don't usually do that. Or like Junkrat, I play a highly aggressive Junkrat just because I'm very aggressive <laughs> uh, and stuff like that. Or like a Zenyatta, I'll just kind of hang back, have people heal, and then I'll rush in, ding, 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 and tag like three people. It's just, uh, you can play Overwatch literally hundreds of different ways and have a totally different experience with it. And I think that's what sets it apart from your normal multiplayer games and the fact that it doesn't have a single player does not take away from it at all in my opinion i think the narr- like you know blizzard released the comics and the shorts and different things of that nature and then like the little dialogues that characters will have with each other before you start a multiplayer match i think all those at you know you get the story of overwatch you know the story of overwatch so and i think that's something that sets it apart from like any game i've ever played so that's why i love overwatch so much so would you like to pivot from your game of the year to mine? Yeah, let's go. Final Fantasy Fifteen. I'm I'm so excited to play Final Fantasy. Like I I am admittedly like like a huge Final Fantasy nerd. Yeah, sure. Like like wait waiting for these games. It's just like I'm going to pour my life into another giant RPG, and I'm perfectly okay with it. Yeah. But like this, it's so well. It's it's not so different to every Final Fantasy game that came before because it's it's probably closest to twelve. Okay. If you're to say like th- this is a game compared to another Final Fantasy game, it's it's yeah, it's basically twelve, but nicer looking. But you, like you know the way usually you start a Final Fantasy game and you have to wait basically like an hour to ninety minutes before they actually let you play the game. 
Yeah. So he's like, you have to go through all this prologue and a bit of a tutorial and then yeah, about I... another 15 minutes of cutscenes. Yeah. This, no, I don't... This, this game is just like, hey, go out in this world. Go have fun. You, you want to advance the story? Okay. But, you know, you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it definitely seems more like open-ended than most Final Fantasy games. Yeah. Because like the, the game literally starts. There's like a two or three minute cutscene and then they drop you into the open world and just like, go explore. And that you, usually I don't like that. I moaned about open worlds with endless quests earlier. and I, Yeah, I, this podcast. <laughs> yes, I, I played about 30 hours of this game without really advancing the story much at all. Yeah. I was just like, ooh, just wander over here. Ooh, there's another, there's another hunt here. And the other way, like Final Fantasy usually forces you down dungeons. Yep. In this game, they're just like kind of peppered throughout the map. And you find them by chance. And you can just wander down there. It's like, oh god, it's a dungeon. <laughs> like, How big is is the map? It's fairly gigantic. It's not it's not like unfathomably big because I know yeah. like Xenoblade Chronicles X was a game that it's just like our map is bigger than you could ever possibly imagine. Yeah. So like, if you had to compare it to another game, how? Because I haven't played it yet. I'm Santa Claus is bringing me my copy. So, but if you had to compare the map to another game in terms of size, what would you compare it to? <sighs> I don't know. I don't play enough open world games to compare it to. That's fair. That's fair. Um, like GTA San Andreas, big maybe. As a as a comparative measure of size, it's it's very very big, but not like so big that you you don't really know what's happening. Uh, okay, uh, you played Grand Theft Auto Five, correct? Yeah. How how big of it? Like how much could it fit in GTA, and how much? percentage of it would it take up like is it 80 percent as big as gta 5's map is it 60 percent as big i i don't know how many kilometers are in final fantasy oh, I can't, Garrett. you're supposed to come with the numbers i'm supposed to get like like the the, the compass out and, and work out you know yeah. angles and stuff to see how big these maps are in in comparative size it's very big it's not like dauntingly big that that's what that that's my definition okay. of how big the map is okay well that, no that's good because i hate when games are like intimidating because they're so big i'd say if you were to hop in your car and go from like the bottom right corner to the top left it would take about 10 to 12 minutes oh okay which is it's pretty big you know that's that's a lot of time sitting there in your car but yeah not so big that you know you'll never see the same place twice yeah well i mean how fast does the car go (laughs) the car you can actually upgrade the car to go faster apparently you can upgrade it to fly that's what i've heard yeah it, yeah, uh, I think once you beat the main quest, you can get it to fly. Yeah, maybe is what I read. I don't know. I don't know the story of it. I've, uh, but I, I heard it's a, a great game, and uh, I'm happy to hear you know with the the weight and all. It's weird that in a world where Last Guardian and Final Fantasy 15 came out within the same week of each other, that Final Fantasy 15 is the one that's gotten like blow away reviews, and the Last Guardian's just like, oh, we're here. Yeah, well, if if the last guy made a game that worked, they'd be fine. <laughs> Heavy shots, Garrett, but I can't say they're not deserved. Yeah, but like you work on a game for ten years, yeah. And surely, surely, if it still doesn't work, I know like the sunk cost fallacy and everything. It's like we put so much time into this, we can't just throw it out. But yeah. like, if it still doesn't work, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like it doesn't work. It's just frame issues. Uh, at certain parts of the game like I don't think you're just walking around and all of a sudden it dips to 6 frames per second I think it's only during like heavy combat parts of the game mm. 
So, other, other, we, we talked about Overwatch, we talked about Final Fantasy XV. Other multi-party games, there was Doom, which is a great game. Uh, I mean, I would say out of every game that came out this year, I think I've probably heard more Game of the Year hype for Doom than yeah. anything else. You see, Doom goes back to my, I want a 10 to 15 hour level-based experience. Yeah. And, like, the levels are big. The levels are, like, actually, I really like the level design because they're kind of linear, but then it's like a Donkey Kong game with all these collectibles just hidden in every single corner. Yep. And I'm like, that's that's good level design because I I hate levels that are so big that you don't know where to go and you get lost. And Doom isn't like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just it's just a fun game. You know, smashing people's heads in and, and cutting them with a chainsaw is insanely satisfying. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'd go quite game of the year with it, but, you know, it's a great game. What would be your top three game game of the year? I haven't, I don't know, because like Dark Souls 3 came out this year as well, and I've only played a small bit of that. Uh, Doom, Final Fantasy 15, and Paper Mario Color Splash, probably. But not in that order, because you no, just said... Probably not in that order, no. Because you just said Doom wouldn't be your game of the year, and Final Fantasy 15 was your game of the yeah, year. <laughs> if you want order then, Tanner, if you want me to make a list for you, Final Fantasy 15, Paper Mario Color Splash, Doom, in that order. Okay, this seems fair. And then probably Box Box Boy, because that game is phenomenal. <laughs> See, they're making Good Boy Box Boy with an amiibo. Oh, I did. I did see the box amiibo. Is that only in Japan, though? Well, it's it's only been announced for Japan so far. But it's like Box Box Boy was announced for Japan first and came here later. Mm-hmm. If they don't Fair. release Good Boy Box Boy in the in the West, I will literally fly to Kyoto and knock on Nintendo's door. <laughs> Why don't you just import it? Don't you have a Japanese 3DS? No, I have an American 3DS. Oh, yeah. So other Weird. multi-platform games this year, we had Street Fighter Five going back to, to to Punchy Punch games. It seems like they're doing a lot of things with Street Fighter next year. I think they're adding five or six characters that are making their Street Fighter debut. Yeah, I feel like you know Overwatch launched and kind of sustained its momentum throughout the year. I feel like Street mm-hmm. Fighter had like this big launch and fell off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. And they're doing the sustained thing next year. <laughs> yeah, well, which I mean, uh, you can't, you know. Good on them, because I mean, a lot of people play Street Fighter Five. I mean, or it's still hugely popular in the competitive scene uh, of fighting the fighting game community and stuff like that. So, uh, I guess gotten you know, I heard it's okay. <laughs> we had a uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, which people were very mad because it was set in space. That true, but uh, I have friends that are very big FPS games in general, but especially Call of Duty. They love Call of Duty. Uh, and it was mostly Call of Duty, you know, fans that were mad that it was set in space. They loved the game. However, I have heard that Infinite Warfare doesn't necessarily live up to, like, Advanced Warfare or even Black Ops 3, which were two Call of Duty games that I very much enjoyed. And they, so, they did pack in Modern Warfare Remastered in the more expensive that is true. edition of this game. That is true. For $20 more, you could have got Modern Warfare Remastered. I believe you can buy that version of the game for $60 now. Which should actually speak, because Call of Duty games didn't really go down in price till at least the first DLC was out, and I believe Advanced War- or Infinite Warfare doesn't have a DLC out yet. So, And I did see where the sales had kind of dipped a little, but I mean, it's Call of Duty, it's still going to make a bajillion dollars. Yep, and the next one will probably bounce back anyway. We yeah, also have so. Battlefield 1, which I think is, is the kind of FPS that gained a little more steam relative to Call of Duty. Yeah, uh, and it pretty like as Maybe the best. Uh, I said this earlier with Cheese Game, but I forgot about Battlefield One. Maybe the best looking game currently on consoles. It has very realistic looking horses. It looks crazy stupid as how good it looks. 
though I will say the most realistic thing in a video game this year was the Paper Mario Color Splash lemons. Those lemons, I mean, they were real lemons. They were like, yeah, they they were just basically pictures with lemons just put into the game to trick us. Yeah, it was tremendous. And Titanfall 2 as well, which I know got brilliant reviews. Yeah, brilliant reviews. Not very big of a, or not much of a seller, which uh, uh, Santa Claus also bringing me Titanfall 2. Thank you, Santa. Which is interesting. No longer an Xbox exclusive like the, the first version was. Yeah, the and the first version I think was an inferior game because it was missing several. I know I know people that played it and had a lot of fun with it, but uh, I don't know. I but again I've watched gameplay of Titanfall two. It looks like a ton of fun, so I'm very excited to at least get my hands on it and play it a little bit. Okay, so I've given my top three for the year. Tanner, your top three for the year. Go. <laughs> oh my god! In Overwatch order, take in it. order to oh, Tanner. Or Overwatch is my number one easily. I mean, no debate. I don't even know. Oh my god, uh, Pokemon Moon obviously would be my number two, uh, just because I mean, Pokemon, you know, always going to hold that spot for me. I don't, Gary. I want to be honest. I don't know if I can name you a third. What else have you played this year? I haven't played that much. Basically, just listed the the four hours of Pocket Jockey you played, maybe. <laughs> Uh, I, it would be if I owned Pocket Jockey, it'd probably be up there. I'm looking at my like, I don't, I haven't bought that many games this year. To be completely honest with you, what are you doing on a 2016 game year in review podcast, then, Tanner? Garrett, listen, listen, I've played a lot, but like, I like, I just don't own a lot. <laughs> I'm not pirating games. Uh, definitely don't pirate games. Support developers that you enjoy. Weirdly, I, I literally never pirate games. Like yeah, I've never pirated a game in my life. Never. The, I I would say the closest thing I've ever got to pirating a game was I had uh I played Pokemon Leaf Green through an emulator one time, but I, I owned the game. Yeah, uh, in fairness, I have played Pokemon emulator games, but that's mostly to use uh, like mods and hacks. Yeah, but I, I've but, owned every single generation of Pokemon. They can't yeah, be that so, mad at me. Yeah, I'm like I'm still giving you my money, damn it. If you release a game, I, I'll buy it. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I would say, I would say Naruto would probably be my third. I mean, I put like twenty hours into it, and it was just a ton of fun. So I, I would say Naruto would probably be my third. It's definitely the game as far as games I've put the most time into this year. It's Overwatch, Pokemon, and Naruto in that order. So I guess it makes sense that they were my top three. If I were to pick like honorable mentions, I I talk about Rhythm Heaven Magmix. I already talked about Box Boy, Uncharted Four, <laughs> phenomenal game. Like it is. <laughs> Yeah, and Pokemon Sun, of course, which I didn't mention. I really probably should have. It's 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 brilliant. It really is. Uh, I'm going to give my honorable mention to. Well, you barely Pokemon picked that third. How do you have a freaking honorable? My mention? honorable mention is a game that actually didn't come out this year, but it's a uh, Pokemon Alpha Sapphire. <laughs> uh, that's a great game. I never actually finished uh, Omega Ruby. I didn't that first one. It first launched either. I just beat. I mean, I'd beaten Emerald before, but it's so different than the other Hoenn games. Yeah. It's quite good. I would highly recommend it. Also, Twilight Princess HD. Because it's Twilight Princess, except better looking. Can't really go wrong. Sure. Unless you don't like Twilight Princess, where then you probably can go wrong. (laughs) In fact, you can go so wrong. You can. Alright, Tanner, before we go, plugs. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter, at Tanner1495. I'm always doing something of sorts. So... Just follow me on there. And you will Keep be back, you you will be back in roughly three weeks to talk about the Nintendo Switch. Oh yeah, which I am 
God. We talked about the Switch for probably about 20 minutes of this podcast. We may go three hours talking yeah. about this. Like when, uh, when we have month. all of the reveals of the games, the launch window lineup, the freaking mm-hmm. specs, the battery life, the screen quality, mm-hmm. whether it's touchscreen, are there motion controls in there, Tanner? Is there pointer? Does it have a gyroscope? There are so many questions, Tanner. We Is there answers. VR capabilities, as we saw from the patents yesterday? Can you attach things to the side of it and show it on your face? Well, that would... Oh, where the screen is the VR thing, Tanner? Whoa! Oh, like a Google Cardboard? That could work. That could work. Where you like you know where you put your phone into it? Well, you put the Switch into it and then put it on your face. A bit. Well, the the Switch screen is what as big as the gamepad screen? I, I yeah, I think give or take. That could work. That could work. Oh, Damn, I'm so excited for the Switch. Will, I just they have in- will they have interchangeable sidey handle things? Will they do different things? Will they have different themes? Will they have different colored consoles? Because like, I like the gray and black, but I've seen mock-ups of like red and black and blue and black, and they look much better, and I want them. Much better. Oh, will the Joy-Cons be available for purchase separately? <laughs> they kind of have to be, probably because you lose them so often. But I would think so, but you know. It's how much will it be? How much will the Pro Controller be? Will there be, be a, a Pro date? Controller in the box? Probably what not. What day is it coming out on? <laughs> yeah, when, when, yeah, when's it be released? <laughs> yeah. Is, is Zelda, Zelda delayed? delayed? <laughs> I like the way we said that in unison. <laughs> Actually, no, sorry. That, that's another one of my petty complaints. Zelda has never had an official announce date. It's always been 2017. It cannot be delayed <laughs> if they did not announce it. Gary. But they did say spring at one point. No, they didn't. They literally... Yes, I... They always I'm, said 2017. They never narrowed it down. They said spring at one point. Because they, they announced the Amiibo re-release in spring, but they never said the Zelda will be. Like, yeah, you're just being petty now. <laughs> yeah. Now, it annoys me. People have said, oh, it's delayed. It's not. They never said when it's going to be. It was delayed from 2014 to 2015, 2015 to 2016, and then to 2017. Actually, no, it was never released for 2014, was it? Anyway, either way. Then it was delayed, yes. But it was always just 2017. If it was pushed from March to June, it's not delayed. They never said it was going to be in March. I believe you. I'm working myself into a shoot now, Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> what if they delay it till 2018 at the switch of that? That will be a delay. I will accept that. <laughs> I will also be very angry. I was about to say, I'll scream. I'll just come uh, on the podcast and yell for two hours. I'll, yeah, then, then I will also fly to Kyoto. <laughs> <laughs> knock on Nintendo's door. What Mr. are you Nintendo, doing? What are you doing? All these questions will be answered on January 12th at 4.30 a.m. in the morning. Dude, it's at 10 o'clock here, and I have class at 8 a.m. the next day. Oh, you, you moaning about 10. Oh, I have to stay up slightly past my bedtime. Oh, no. I don't, 4 listen, in the morning, Eric, Tanner. All you Europeans are up late. Some of us have morals and go to sleep at reasonable hours. I just sleep. I'm nocturnal. It's fine. <laughs> Every European I know is nocturnal, so... But that's because you only know European wrestling fans, and we have to be. It's true, so... Anyway, yeah, you'll be back in January. Yeah, well, for podcast a day a week. Sure. Padaw. That is the show. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you once again to Tanner for coming on the show. There will be plenty more Tanner in January. We'll be back... 
twice in January once to talk about the Nintendo Switch reveal after January 12th. Plus, the week after, he will be back to talk about the upcoming game slate for 2017 with Sam. So look forward to all the tanner all the time. You can listen to new episodes of Podcast of the Week every single week at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. You can subscribe on iTunes by searching for the TWS Network or subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Gary Kidney, G-A-R-R-E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y. Thanks for listening and bye bye.